use it frequently. The Bible is the most translated, printed, and distributed book in the history of humanity. It is the most used book ever. Well, obviously the Bible is read a lot, but is it useful? The Bible inspired the discovery of the modern sciences, math, electricity, computers. Now those are useful. Isaac Newton, Michael Faraday, Charles Babbage, great men of science, devout men of God. The Bible teaches moral values, principles such as honesty, hard work, and respect for the property of others. These values help to reduce poverty and misery by dealing with the root causes, laziness, greed, oppression, theft. Now that is useful. The Bible's usefulness is one of the many reasons I love to teach it. It makes a real difference now on this earth and for eternity. At Zimbabwe Christian College, we teach the students the Bible. Most of these students will be working in the church in some manner or other, maybe as a preacher or a chaplain or a teacher, and we want them to be useful. I teach 26 books of the Bible each school year at Zimbabwe Christian College. It is a blessing to study our way through the book of Genesis, for example, and discover that God originally made everything in this world very good, but people distrusted and disobeyed God. That sin damaged us and the world we live in. Yet God is rescuing those who seek him, giving a future to those who learn to trust him. That is useful to know. My happiest moments are when I can see the lights come on in my students' eyes as they begin to understand who God really is and what he wants them to do. I can see the change in their soul as God's word soaks into their hearts. And I know they are becoming genuinely useful. My favorite person in this world is my dear wife, Lindell. She makes herself useful in so many ways. As a dorm mom at Lamagundi High School, she had the girls memorizing a Bible verse each week. She also did a lot of counseling and praying with the girls. We had a weekly Bible study with the young ladies, which usually ended with the girls asking us questions. Lindell currently leads a ladies' Bible study for the community that has been ongoing for many years. Another place I have the privilege to teach the Bible is in the Lamagundi schools. At the high school, they have scripture class on Wednesday mornings. I do topical Bible studies on teen issues or show the Bible on video. There is often lively discussion and good questions in this class. In November 2020, when the students finally returned to the classroom, 26 of them asked to become Christians. 
Serene taught and baptized the girls, and I instructed and immersed the boys. I spoke openly about the hard work and perseverance required to follow Jesus, and they still wanted to make the commitment. In my 25 years of Bible teaching at Lamagundi High School, I have never heard of so many young people coming to Jesus at one time. Perhaps COVID-19 did some good after all. Please pray for these young people and their future. At Lamagundi College Primary School, I taught Genesis to the grade 6s and 7s in the year 2019. But in 2020, COVID kept them out of the classroom. I hope to start again teaching as soon as they are back in school. Because I am convinced of the vital usefulness of the Bible, I invite American Christians to partner with me so we can provide Bibles to the people of Zimbabwe at a reduced price. This year, we sold 1,600 Bibles at $5 each. That's the most we've ever moved. I'm excited about the impact of God's Word on Zimbabwe. Will you help Zimbabwean Christians to get a Bible? God's Word is one of the most useful things in this world. Are you using it to change yourself, rescue your neighbors, to guide your family to eternal life. Please consider partnering with us to take God's word to Zimbabwe. Each of us will stand before Jesus to have our life evaluated. When it's your turn, will he say, you lived a useful life. You served me well. Good job. you
I'd like to thank you for your help, for putting me in the classroom in Zimbabwe to teach people in leadership, for putting Bibles in people's hands. I, I believe so much that God's word transforms. I can feel it transforming me, and I can see it transforming others. Uh, I, you might not know, but I grew up uh, just uh, in Lorain, Oregon, just over the hill. And uh, my first paying job was stacking hay. And when I got the hay stacked and got my first paycheck, we had a visitor to church who was a Gideon, and I gave him some of that paycheck to get Bibles. And I completely believe that Bibles are so very important, and I'd like to invite you to, to join me in helping others get close to God and going to heaven. Anybody traveled overseas? Yeah? Did you... Forget once and pull out your wallet and grab those greenbacks out and try to pay. It's quite a shock to realize it doesn't work. They don't want your U.S. dollars in France. They want their, their money, not yours. But these days we can pull out the Visa card, right? Put it in the machine and get out the correct currency. Well, we get to heaven, pull out your greenbacks and... It isn't going to work. They're just not the right currency. So this is a chance to change your greenbacks into that, uh, that Visa card that works in heaven. Good deeds to the poor. Helping those who have needs. Well, enough about missionaries and missions. Let's talk about God's word this morning. My favorite part. It's been a scary year, hasn't it? Crazy things happening, schools shut down. They even shut our roads down. We couldn't drive over there. Am I, are you going to make it through this scary world? Let's talk about COVID for a while. What are the odds that if you get this COVID-19, you're going to survive through it? Pretty good or pretty bad? What do you think? What are the odds? Pretty good. I think worldwide, 97% live and 3% die, more or less, kind of round numbers. What can you do to improve your odds, to help yourself so that you survive? Vitamin B, Vitamin B sure. <laughs> Get that shot. I've had my first one. That, that hurt. <laughs> Wear your mask. Aren't you jealous? I get to breathe free. <laughs> okay, stay away from everybody. All right. Pretty good chance of survival. We might make it through that one. Let's look at another thing. Let's look at marriage. What are the chances your marriage is going to survive? Well, the odds aren't very good on marriage. 40% of first marriages fail. 60% of second marriages fail. 75% of third marriages fail. Your odds of marriage are probably less than half that you're going to stay married to that person. Ooh, now those are not very good odds. You're a lot safer with COVID than you are with marriage. What can we do to improve the chances of keeping that family together? I've heard psychologists say that divorce is more painful than death. 
because that person has said, I don't want you. Not that I can't stay alive anymore, but I don't want to be with you. What can we do to improve and strengthen marriages? We want strong marriages, strong families. Well, <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> stay faithful to one person. No sex before marriage. There's a direct statistical link between the number of partners you have before you get married and your divorce rate. More partners, more divorce. Right? You stay clean and true, and you can make that choice at any time. To, to be faithful to your future partner. Now, your past mistakes can be forgiven, and you can pull forward. Focus on the Family has some wonderful resources. They're a ministry devoted to helping marriages. Wait a little longer to get married. Wait till you're 25 or above. So you get a bit more mature so you can stay with that person and know who you are. I see a lot of you have already been married, but think about kids. Think about grandkids, all right? Uh, you have input into their lives, and I hope you will talk to them about these things. And if you want the best odds of surviving your marriage, get close to God together. I don't know about you, but I find we marry opposites, right? She likes to shop, he likes to fish. She likes to talk, he'll think about it once this year. But if two opposites go toward the same point, I think that's mathematics, right? Ge geography? Geometry. It's been a long time since school. They're going to get closer if you go to the same point, right? And that's what happens when we seek God together. We read his word, we go to church, and we get closer to God. We'll get closer to each other in marriage as well. Those who are devoted to God have the best statistics in marriage of staying together and being happy together. Let's look at another statistic. Are we going to make it? Let's look at the teenagers in the church. Of those 15 to 19 years old, if you're in the church, 75% of them are going to leave God and leave the church by the time they're 15 to 19. Now, those are terrible odds. Terrible odds. What can we do to keep those young people in God and in the church and on the way to heaven? One of the best things you can do is you can connect with them. They need an older person in their life to pull them toward God, give them advice, and help them out. Think of being a mentor with them, praying for them. Another thing you can do, and uh, I forgot to bring my book up with me, is to help your children through university to believe in the creation in the book of Genesis. Those university professors are going to stand up there and say, God didn't make the world. It's a fact that monkeys turned into people over millions of years. No, that's not a fact. We can't see it happening today. But they're going to tell you it is. Uh, I've shot some monkeys, and they weren't behaving like people. Although I have seen some of the students behave like monkeys. <laughs> Got a good little book here called The Creation Survival Guide to help young people 
Make it through university when the professor is saying that Genesis is all wrong, God did not make us. Do you have a high schooler that's headed for public university? If you do, I'd like to give you a copy of this. Anybody got a grandson, granddaughter, who is on their way, going to go to University of Oregon or some other place? Would you like one? I've got three here. Anyone else? Back here. That's great. Um, Creation survival guide. The two big things that take kids out of the church is evolution teaching in university and sexual immorality. All the partying that's going on, all the craziness in the university. You want to help your your grandkids, your kids, yourself? Uh, Learn about God's plan for sexuality. There's the devil's plan and God's plan, right? This is embarrassing stuff, but we're all adults here, right? Okay? They need a good straight talk on the devil's plan for your sex life and God's plan for your sex life. Right? What's the devil's plan for your sex life? Yeah. And then you get all those diseases, and you can't enjoy it anymore. And you get depressed because it doesn't have any meaning. You've had four or five partners, and now you feel like there's no value in life. You get divorced. What's God's plan for your sex life? Nothing before marriage. And in marriage, lots of unselfish, loving sex. I like that plan. That's cool. I live in the most infected part of the planet for sexually transmitted diseases, Africa. And I've never had a disease. And I have enjoyed what God created in Eden with Adam and Eve. God's not anti-sex. He's very pro, right? We need to talk with our teenagers. He made a teenage boy and a teenage girl naked and put them in a garden and no mom and dad around. (laughs) That's every young man's desire in life, isn't it? We need to talk to our young people about God's plan for sexuality and not let the devil destroy the young people. That's the statistics. We have a pretty good chance of COVID. Marriage, not so great. Staying in church as teenagers, not so great. Are you and I going to make it to heaven? What are the odds that you and I are going to go be with Jesus in that new city, that new Jerusalem, that new heaven and earth? Let's look at what Jesus had to say about it. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. So he was asked a question. And in typical Jesus fashion, did he answer the question directly? Did he give a statistic? No, he did not. He gave a command. What was the command he gave? 
Make every effort. Does that sound easy or hard? Mm. That sounds pretty hard. Pretty hard. Let's look at another verse from Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Tell me about the gate that gets to destruction. It is wide. Tell me the gate about the gate that goes to eternal life. And on the narrow road, how many people find it? Few. The destructive road. How many people find that? Many. Okay, so tell me about the odds. What are the odds that we're going to make it to eternal life? Not very good. It's pretty stacked against most people. Many are going to try and fail. All right, now anybody can. And that's one thing I love about Christianity. It helps me believe it. Against other religions is anybody. God's not favoritistic to anything. Anyone can try and enter heaven. Doesn't matter, male or female, your family background, tribal background, it doesn't matter how sharp your intellect is, or maybe your intellect is more like a butter knife. Those are not going to weigh in on whether you make it. Now, God does favor the poor over the rich. And we can help that by giving to the poor. But it is going to require hard work, persistence, sweat, dedication. No one's just going to watch TV through life and wake up in heaven. Ooh, how did I get here? Okay, it's going to be like winning an Olympic medal. It's going to be dedication, planning, sweat, and then we get the prize. I want to give a little word to men right now. Men, you have been chosen by God to lead in your family, in your church, and in your community. Leadership is male, according to the word of God, the Bible. You are the ones who are going to have to dedicate yourself to leading your wife and children to the Lord. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to lead the church. So let's make that commitment. Let's put in that sweat. <laughs> Did you know that men have thicker skin and thicker skulls? Stronger bones? We're made to work. And God wants us to lead toward him in a loving, gentle way. But it's going to take some sweat and courage to get it done. So the odds of making it to heaven, they're not too good. How do we make sure that we are the ones, that you are the one, you and your family and friends make it to heaven? What are some things we can do to get there? Well, one thing we can do is to study the Word of God. The Word of God. 
Before you can do what God wants you to do, you have to know what it is he is asking, right? So our main enemy who's trying to stop us from pleasing God is the devil, right? Not even a politician. And his main weapon to make us an enemy of God, nuclear weapons, biological warfare, what does he do? He, he lies and he says, God's wrong. God doesn't want good for you. He lies. He deceives, right? He fools us. So our main defense against the devil is truth. And where do we find the truth? God's word. We need to study God's word. I wonder how God feels about us saving all this money to send our kids to college. They get that little square hat on their heads. And yet many of our children never study God's word in school. Jesus went to school. I bet he got A's. What was the subject? Have you seen that Ray Vanderlaan video? They go to Galilee, to Nazareth, and they see the synagogue. And on the edge of the synagogue is a lean-to, and that's where the rabbi taught the children Scripture. Jesus learned Scripture until he was 12 years old. And by that time, he was really good at it. We need to educate our children in God's Word. And it's so easy. We can educate ourselves. We've got the phone now. Even students in Africa can look up the God's Word on the phone. Don't even have to pay for it. Learn God's word, study it. How do I study the, the Bible? Well, it's a library. Many different books up there in that one book. So study it book by book. Different authors. So pick a book, Matthew, Genesis, and read it. If you can read it all at one go, that's great. If you can't, just a couple chapters a day. Learn God's word. Another way you can learn God's word and study his Bible is topically. If you're, if you're familiar with the basic contents of the Bible and you want to know a topic that goes through many uh, different parts of the Bible, let's say, what does baptism do? There's a good way to do that study on different topics. Number one, find every verse in the Bible on that topic. Okay? That's going to take some work. There's topical Bible studies. You can bug Rob or one of the elders to help you find all the verses, okay? Number two, read those passages. Read the paragraph before, the paragraph after, and so you know them well. You don't want to just read the one sentence because you can get it wrong. You need to get the flow of thought, okay? And after you've read those verses well, in context, you've got them all, then you can come to the conclusions about what God taught on that subject. And then, no mathematics on the Bible, okay? No adding, no subtracting. You can't add in your own ideas or some commentator or some background study. No multiplying the teachings, no dividing the church. No math on the Bible. 
Okay, if someone wants to change the Bible, say, okay, perform a miracle. Change water to wine, ascend to heaven. Because <laughs> that's what the authors of the Bible did to show that God was talking to them. Okay? And you'll get the teachings of God on that topic if you do it in that way. Stay true to his words. Okay, so knowledge is important. We've got to learn what God wants. What do we do next? We do it. We learn it and we do it. Okay? So malaria is very, very dangerous disease. And you get it from mosquitoes in Africa. Other parts too. But if I have that knowledge in my head, does it prevent malaria? No. I've got to get out the mosquito spray. I've got to put the net up over my bed at night, okay? And learning God's word is a very important first step, but then I've got to act upon it and use it and do it. One of the things the Bible encourages us to do is to confess our sins. Is that comfortable? Did Jesus call us to be comfortable? No. But it's so helpful when I expose myself and ask for help, right? I need help. Do you need help? I've got a bad temper sometimes. Do you? I'm a man. It's hard to control my sexual desires. Any other men like that? I'm the only guy that has that problem. It's so good to confess and help each other. The Bible tells us to do it. Let's get busy and assist. Let's get there and teach those young people in Sunday school. Let's have a Bible study with our friends and family. Give to the poor. Help them get a Bible. Build a house in Mexico. Get something going. Take it out of the head, put it into the heart and the hands and Make it happen. So, you've heard another sermon. It's been another Sunday. The preacher has poured his heart into it. What do we do now? I'd like to encourage you to do three things. First, I want you to know. Know that many people will try and fail. Know it's not going to be easy for you or your friends and family. Okay? Have that knowledge. The odds are against me. Number two, I want to encourage you to study. Study. Make sure you know God's word. If you don't, make a plan. Work at it. There's online courses. There's no excuse these days not to have the knowledge that we need. And number three, act. Do something. Foster a child. There's all these children that have difficulties. Help them out. Get into Gideon's and, and give to them. Take some action. Do something. Because technology is wonderful, isn't it? Because the odds are not that good. We need to make sure that we are pleasing the Lord and following his way. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you have spoken clearly and truly through Jesus. And we pray that you would help us see
that you will help us if we will draw close to you. Please help us understand your word. And as it comes into our heart, help it to go out into our behavior, our speech, our actions. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. If you would like to be helping us at all in our mission work, please see our table at the back. God bless you and thank you.